And right here, the Bible says, do not love. The desires themselves are dishonorable. Enough already with this gay Christian stuff. Many pastors get up and preach platitudes. They get up and say a bunch of stuff and then everyone, amen. But if you ask these same people in the congregation later on, if they know what to do now in light of the passage, they'll say, I don't know. The pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. They're out there struggling to understand how to navigate their faith in today's hostile environment. Where are they supposed to turn? YouTube? If you've seen my previous videos on Vodi, then you know that I think Vodi is an amazing preacher, teacher, and speaker. And why I think he's so relevant right now, why people book him like on major media outlets to speak, and why he's making the rounds on social media is because Vodi is a very interesting like intersection between pastor and cultural commentator. He has both a pastoral concern for the church, but he's also focused like a laser beam on the various activities taking place around God's church in the 21st century things that are causing confusion and anxiety within God's church. This is what we need to do, ladies and gentlemen. This is what I'm doing here at this channel. This is what Vodi is doing, and this is what you need to do as well. We need to be the unique intersection of Christian and cultural commentator, grace and truth. So let's look at a message that Vodi gave uh, that is this sort of fascinating intersection of pastoral concern with also cultural commentary. It's one of his most viewed videos on YouTube as of this recording. It's called Do Not Love the World. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Nate Sala, and this is Wise Disciple, where I'm helping you become the effective Christian that you were meant to be. Hey, don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel, okay? But also do me a favor and share this video to others. We all need to get on the same page as Christians, and I'm praying that this video blesses us all as brothers and sisters. One more thing, check out the special discount that I'm offering through Logos Bible Software. I've partnered with Logos because it's a game changer for the student of Scripture. Whether you're a regular attendee or you're the pastor at the pulpit, Logos is going to help you go deeper into the Scripture than ever before. Click the link in the notes for the special offer. Love can be sinful. Mm. We live in the midst of a culture that needs to hear that. It needs to hear that from us. Because it's, it's coming at us with this whole love is love mentality. And, and how can you be against love? Nobody can be against love. Certainly Christians can't be against love because God is love and we are called to love. Therefore, how can you stand in the way of any two people who love one another? So Vodi is, is setting up the problem right now for God's people. This is a current problem that we're all struggling with. And he's putting words to what people from outside the church have actually said about God, said about his word and his church. He's setting up the problem. How can we stand in the way of love, you know? Isn't God love? I mean, that's what I've heard. I'm sure that's what you've heard. But he's going to, because of the setup, let the word of God answer the problem. This is how it's done, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, real quick, I'm so curious. What do you think about Vodi? I know a number of you in my audience are not reformed like he is, but what are your thoughts? Is he someone that you would recommend for others to hear and see? Let me know in the comments below. Our text today makes it very clear that there are instances when love can be sinful. In other words, this is more than just a theoretical, theological discussion for us to have. This is a very practical rubber meets the road issue. This issue of love being sinful. The question is, what makes love sinful? 
What could possibly make love sinful? Under what circumstances would love be considered sinful? Well, first, so this is the current that runs under the big idea. If, if the big idea from the text is do not love the world, right? That's First John two fifteen. First uh, John verse uh, chapter two verse fifteen says this: Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So if the big idea is, do not love the world, then we have to understand the Bible says this because of another truth that runs down underneath this command. It provides the foundation for this command, and that is love can be sinful. If you understand that, then you can understand the Bible's command. Love becomes sinful when it is directed at the wrong object. Love becomes sinful when it is directed at the wrong object. Look at verse 15. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Do not love the world. Now, it's very important to note that this word world, especially in Johannine literature, is used in at least three different ways. First of all, the world can refer to all creation. You see this in John 1, John 3, John 4, John 6, John 7, John 8, over and over again. This word cosmos refers to all the world, to all the created universe. John is not saying here that we should not love this universe, this world, this earth that God created. That's not what's being said here. Secondly, the term world refers to the people that inhabit this world that God created. Mm -hmm. And God is not saying, do not love people, do not love mankind. Absolutely not. We, we, we know that it doesn't mean that. Because of the love that we're called to give, even to our enemies, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. So John can't be Amen. talking about that first world here and he can't be talking about that second world here. That would be a contradiction. However, there is a third use of the term world. And that third use refers to the spiritual realm that is in opposition to God and in rebellion against his kingdom. It is right. The, the system that is set up by the God of this world to blind the unbeliever to the light of the gospel, and that is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. That third sense of world that is being discussed here. So when John says, do not love the world, he, he says, your love becomes sinful when it's directed at that system that is anti-God, that system that is anti-kingdom, that system that is satanic. And he makes it obvious that it's satanic because he uses it several times here, even in 1 John. John writes that by faith, the Christian is able to overcome the world in 1 John 5, 4 and 5. In our text, he says the world passes away. In chapter 3, verse 1, he says the world is ignorant of God. Mm. And so we're nearing the most replayed moment. It's coming up 3, 13, here. He says the world hates believers. In 4, 1, he says it's the abode of false prophets. In 4, 3, it's the abode of the Antichrist. And in 4-5, it's the abode of unbelievers. And last, the whole world is controlled by the evil one. Many people think that they found a contradiction between the commands that the Lord gives in his word to love others, to love even our enemies, you know, in Matthew uh, chapter 5. Because 
when we do so, we are imitating our Father in heaven, who does the very same thing, right? That's that's uh, the whole uh, pericope there in uh, in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, so that you can be sons of your Father in heaven. For he brings the sun out to shine on the evil, and he lets it rain on the unjust. That's how the Father loves. He extends his love even to enemies, and we should show that kind of love to our enemies. And yet here, we are being taught, don't love. So there must be a contradiction. No, Vodi is helping us understand that is not the case. It's not um, people that we are to avoid loving. It's a system called the world. When, when your affections, when your love is pointed toward the world, there is no room for the love of God. Because when your love and your affections are pointed toward the world, they are pointed toward that which opposes God. Thus, love can become sinful when it is directed at the wrong object. James <clears throat> says something similar in James 4. In verse 4, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. No man can serve two masters. He will love the one and hate the other. This is an either-or situation. You cannot love the world and love God simultaneously. And hmm. Let's make things worse. We were designed, we were created in order to love, in order to direct our affections, our passions towards something. So the question is not if we're going to worship. The question is what will we worship because that's what we were designed to do always, you know? It, it, will it be God or will it be something else? So, so this actually is the most replayed moment. Watch this. Beloved, we must constantly examine our hearts for the presence of this love of the world. Now, be careful here. Because there is a, a tendency to take this in very wrong directions. We, 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 we've got we've to fight worldliness. And so what that means is you don't drink, smoke, cuss, or chew, or date the girls that do, right? That's <laughs> not what this is. That, that's the enemy's sleight of hand. Because I can love alcohol and not drink it. Amen? I can love drugs and not take them. I, 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 can love, I, I can love these things. My passions and my affections can be pointed in these directions. And yet, my legalism and my moralism says, I'm better, not just than I was, but I'm better than you. Amen? Because I fight the urge. Mm. So I haven't had a chance yet to talk about, you know, format and sermonic structure. So... So let's do it for a split second. The, the, the purpose or the goal of the preacher is to relay God's revelation in a manner that is glorifying to God and transformative to the listener. So that breaks down for the pastor or the preacher at the pulpit to answering three essential questions in their sermon. Number one, what does the Bible say? Number two, what does it mean? And number three, how can we all live by it? And I've talked about this in previous sort of sermon reactions, right? The reason why I keep harping on this and pointing this out is because Many of you right now are either looking for a church or you're at a church and you're sensing that something is off. And I'm, I'm tr what I'm trying to do is give you the tools so that you can know what you're looking for. A lot of pastors, unfortunately, so to take it back to like the goal of the preacher, will relay God's word in a manner that glorifies God, but they won't do any work to try and do so in a manner that is transformative to the listener. They'll, they'll open the text and they'll read it, yes, 
And then they'll close the Bible and they'll say, okay, we're done. No, we're not done. We need to know how to live by the text, pastor. We need to know how to live by God's word, preacher, teacher. And Vody is, that's why he is a top-notch exemplar of what it looks like to do this very thing. John's not saying here, don't participate in the world. He says, don't love the world. We must develop discernment in order to determine the difference. But not only that, love becomes sinful when it arises from the wrong source. Not only when it's, when it's pointed in the wrong direction, pointed toward the wrong object, but when it arises from the wrong source. Verse 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, the pride of life is not from the father, but is from the world. Mm. So, so there's a problem first with the object, and now here there's a problem with the source. That, that this love for the world arises from the world. Just like our love for God and for the things of God arises from God. It is God who gives us the capacity to love God. But here we have a love that is arising from a different source. The first two categories that are mentioned here, cravings and lust, are sinful desires. Boasting, however, is sinful behavior from internal to external. The first two are internal and hidden sins. The last one is revealed. The first two pertain to the individual person. The last one pertains to this person in community with others. So we have to understand John is a Jew. So so there is a a whole other layer of meaning underneath what even Vodi is expositing right now from the text. And you can only appreciate that if you make it uh, a habit, a, I don't know if it's a daily habit or you just in your studies understand the Old Testament connections to the concept of lust and desire. So I got news for you friends, this right here These concepts, they go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. Desire, lust, these were present in the Garden. It was there at the very first sin. It was there at the next sin with Cain, uh, with the sin of murdering his brother. Uh, It's been there ever since. So I'm not trying to divert from Vodi's excellent message. I'm just pointing this out so that you can do your own studies. As a matter of fact, use Logos, use Factbook. Okay, did you see the live stream I just did with uh, Scott Lindsay and Jorge Gil? Like, Get a fact book open in Logos and type in lust, type in desire, and watch the connecting thread that runs through the whole Bible, starting all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. These things arise from the world. Cravings. Inordinate desires for things. And again, we have to separate these two. When we say cravings and, and, and lust and boastings, we have to recognize that we're talking about this third world and not the first two. For example, in that first world, I can love the beauty of a sunset. I can love the beauty of a perfectly cooked steak. Amen. Sorry. I can, I can, <laughs> I can love the beauty of music, art. Again, those things in this world that God has made. I can and I must love the people 
whom God has created in this world. But the kind of love that I have for those things is a love that arises from God himself. But even those loves can be perverted. Mm. And so now, instead of me loving the beauty of a sunset or a beauty of God's created order, now I worship God's created order. I worship the creature rather than the creator. That's right. Rather than loving the, the beauty of those things that God has given us, now all of a sudden those things become means to an end, to satisfying myself, to gratifying my flesh, to quenching my lustful desires. That's when they've crossed a boundary. Augustine said that our loves should be properly ordered. Uh, God should be at the very, like if we think of it in terms of a hierarchy, God should be at the very top, then all of our other loves should run secondary to the love with, that we have for the Father. But we very often, and this explains our sin, we take something that should be secondary, something maybe that should be tertiary even, and we put it at the very top of the hierarchy of our loves, and we downgrade God, we demote him to second, to third, to bottom of the list maybe, and that's sin. Hey, real quick, I'm so grateful that you're watching. If I've earned the right to get your sub, I'd love it if you would just click the like and subscribe button. It would really help me to get the video out to more and more people. I really do appreciate you. But finally, and ultimately, and most importantly, our love becomes sinful when it produces the wrong fruit. So Vodi has started off the sermon, just to recap, by setting up the problem, okay, so it's, and then raising the stakes on this issue, uh, and he did so by presenting a sort of an apparent contradiction from the perspective of the non-believer between, again, loving people, but also not loving the world as Christians, right? There seems to be a contradiction here. He then has gone to the text, to the word. He exposited uh, the text. He pulled out three principles. This is the last one. He's doing an amazing job, which, by the way, you should watch the whole video in its entirety. The link for that is in the notes. But uh, we're going to start to wrap up here. Because of the love is love crowd particularly in the area of same-sex marriage. Mm -hmm. How can you be opposed to same-sex marriage when same-sex marriage is just about people who love each other being allowed to express that love? So he's reiterating the problem that he introduced at the outset of his message, and now he's going to start to land the plane, presumably in order to spend some time in the area of application, although arguably he's been applying the text throughout the entire sermon. Um, and that appears to be his style. But let's see what he says. But that's a love that's pointed at the wrong object. That is not a love that comes from God or that brings glory and honor to God. It is pointed at the wrong object. It is a love that arises from the wrong source. Look with me, if you will, at Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and the unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up to the lusts of their hearts to impurity. Here we are. These lusts, these desires 
to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Dishonorable passions. The desires themselves are dishonorable. Enough already with this gay Christian stuff. He's stepping in it now. He's going places now. Now he's cooking. And, and I don't just say enough already. I, I don't mean this in the sense of, you know, they're over there and I'm over here. I mean this in the, in, in the pastoral sense. How cruel is that? If a man comes to me talking about a desire for a woman who is not his wife, I'm not going to tell him to just go ahead and embrace the desire because the desire in and of itself is okay. It's not. Yeah. God gave them up to dishonorable passions for their women exchanged the natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameful acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty of their error. There is the bad fruit. It's pointed in the wrong direction. It is arising from the wrong source. And it is producing bad fruit. Therefore, it falls into the category of love that is sinful. How many of you have had a pastor explain this? The nature of sin as it connects to improper desires, as it connects to what we're seeing around us, you know, whether it's LGBT or, or you know, heterosexual sin, right? How many of you have a pastor who breaks it down like that, the way that Vody has just done this? I know a number of churches, uh, way too many, unfortunately, who will not discuss current cultural issues, won't make connections from the Bible to the real struggles that we face in society today want to stay far away from it. And some of them just dismiss it all with a wave of a hand, and, the, and they just say, well, you know, we don't, we don't get into politics here. We, we, you know, we're just going to keep it about the simple gospel here. This is so wrong, ladies and gentlemen. The pastor's job is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. That's Ephesians 4. The saints, they're out there struggling to understand how to navigate their faith in today's hostile environment. Where are they supposed to turn? YouTube? They're supposed to be getting this from their pastor at church. The pastor's job is to help them make the connections, to show them how the Bible applies to their lives. Many pastors get up and preach platitudes. Let's be real. They get up and say a bunch of stuff, and then everyone, they clap. Amen. But if you ask these same people in the congregation later on, if they know what to do now in light of the passage, they'll say, I don't know. Vodi is a shining example of breaking it down for the body of Christ, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. This is, this is a masterclass. I love it. It falls into the category of love that does not glorify God. It falls into the category of love for that third version of the word world. Not the first. God's created order, not the second. People in the world. But that third that system that is openly opposed to all that God is and that rebels against the reign of God 
and his kingdom. And that is precisely where we are, brothers and sisters. And not only that, this rebellion is no longer covert, but it has become overt. It is out there and it is in our faces and unfortunately it is being urged along by people within the church who are essentially arguing that love is always righteous. Love is always godly. Love is... Who could he be referring to? Let me know what your answer is in the comments. Who is... Who is Vody thinking about right now? I know who I'm thinking about Always. right now, but who is he thinking about? I mean, like, what? Hmm. Appropriate. Because God loves everyone and God loves everything. And right here, the Bible says, do not love. There are some loves that are out of bounds. There are some loves that are unacceptable. In other words, there are some loves that are not truly love. And if you're here today and you, you wrestle with that, let me say to you that the last thing you need to do is to give in to that love and define yourself by it. Yeah, that's right. Because that's love of the world. Do not love the world. Do not love based on your passions and your desires. But love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, which means your passions are to be turned in his direction and no other. It's not love is love, you know? Like, if you really think about that phrase, like it's been thrown around so much now, it's cliche. The term love in that cliche is not being used the way the Christians use it. I don't know if you realize that. Like, when we talk about love, we're talking, Christians are talking about agape. We're talking about Christ's love, the, the, the sacrificial kind of love that is uh, honored in the scripture that's talked about as an ideal, right? When the world talks about love, it's talking about lust. It's talking about eros, right? So the phrase really is not love is love. It's more like lust is lust. You know what I mean? And when you repeat silly slogans like that, you end up making the standard for all relationships lust. And when lust is the standard for relationships, you end up opening the door to all kinds of wickedness, abuse, to all kinds of evil in the name of lust. That's what Christians and the whole world needs to understand about what's really going on here. What's so great about Vodi is he is not just content to read the Bible with you. What his heart's intent is uh, equipping the saints to live out in a manner that is effective in today's culture. And I, I hope you watch the whole sermon. I, I really do. I, I think it's fantastic. I'll leave a link for the whole thing in the notes below. But hey, now it's your turn. What did you think about Vody's message? Even if you're not reformed, do you like him? Is this a good message or not that you would recommend to somebody else? Uh, let me know in the comments. If you agree with me and you do think that this was a great message, do me a favor and share this with someone else. 
Our brothers and sisters are out here searching for answers on how to think through this issue. Send them this video, and let's get all equipped together. Amen? Well, anyway, if you've made it this far, you should join the Patreon. Come on, guys. Um, it's an opportunity for you, if nothing else, just to simply read the scripture with me. I've opened that up and unlocked it to be free for everybody, so you can come and join. But then, if you want to support the ministry, which I highly thank everyone uh, who, who supports me, uh, you can actually get access to videos like this before they drop on YouTube. You can join me for a live stream and ask me any question that you like. So, Definitely think and consider about uh, joining the Patreon with me. As always, I've got more videos for you, um, but I'm going to wander off now and uh, take care of my beagle who's whining. Uh, but in the meantime, <laughs> I'll return soon, and I'll say bye for now.